Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most saddle-happy city south of the Great Stupa of Dharmakaya. I'm Ron Doyle. Joining me today at the Five Points Media Center are Josh Johnson. Good morning, Josh. Morning. Uh, special guests, Brad for K. Evans and Damon the Demon from the Denver Cruiser Ride. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Good morning, Damon. How you doing? And... Uh, and as usual, our man behind the glass, Julian Mondragon. Julian, uh, good, good morning. morning. And, and then a special uh, uh, experiment here. We have uh, our co-host, Jared Mayer, uh, coming in live via satellite or telephone. or what, What's going on? Jared, are you there? I am. I am here, Ron. Hi. Where are you, Jared? Uh, Yemen. <laughs> okay, reporting live from Yemen. From Yemen, I, we, about, I decided that uh, Denver Diatribe, we need more foreign correspondence and reporting, so I'm on the ground here in Yemen, which actually looks surprisingly like the Boulder's Pearl Street Mall. Awesome, mm, perfect. New. And yeah, you're you're reporting on nutritional yeast from Yemen, right, for New yes, Hope 360? Yes, yes, Great. And, okay. and, drone, and drone strikes, of course. Perfect. They're going to go right. hand in hand. All right, well, right this, this week... Denver on a bicycle. We're talking alternative transportation, the circle of death, the evolution of Denver's bicycle subculture uh, with uh, the Denver Cruiser Ride. Uh, but first, let's uh, let's do a little newsy bits. Uh, the porta potty peeper, who we've is back. Is Tell me he's back. Well, he's 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 peeping again. Peeping he, once again. He's he's peeping. Well, he's not peeping anymore. Now he's uh, sitting in a. Uh, in a courtroom. He's finally, almost more than a year later, he's finally in court on June 21st. Uh, Luke Crisco. Can, can you believe that's really his name? He must have needed Crisco to get into the porta potty. Uh, but Luke Crisco is finally going to be in court for attending the Hanuman Yoga Festival inside of a toilet. Right. Uh, where he could. Have he, there been any uh, copycat peepers since then? I'm s- there have been no copycat peepers that that we that know. That might of. be a good summer activity. <laughs> and I I do know that uh, I do know that they changed the toilets this year for the Hanuman Yoga Festival, so people can't do that. I don't know how you would change a toilet to keep people from getting in, but they assured everyone it's okay, and we'll have extra security this year, so nobody will watch you and get a golden shower for free. So, uh, there you go. Uh, investigation uh, by the uh, school board has cleared Hallett Fundamental Academy of the cheating charges. A couple weeks ago, we reported that two Denver elementary schools uh, were accused of cheating on CSAP scores. And Hallett Fundamental has been cleared, but Beach Court Elementary, uh, their principal, Frank Rohde, has been found to have changed thousands of test scores. So he is on... By himself? By, uh, well, we don't know if we, he acted alone or not. They're, they're going further. They do know it, this goes all the way to the top. Wow. If you can't win, cheat. If you can't cheat and win, don't play. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, he. I'd go for it. He got caught. Uh, Jared, have you heard about any of this? Uh, I have, and, and I guess what the preliminary investigation by the, uh, by the state had found was that there were periods when the tests were uh, unattended inside the principal's office, and that is apparently a big no-no in terms of protocol. It's not supposed to be left alone in any one room, and they even have safe boxes that mm. tests are supposed to go into right away and stay there because, uh, to fight this type of uh, temptation to 
change those grades. But, um, I mean, it's going through and changing individual grades in such a way for that long, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of effort you go into yeah, <laughs> trying to find ways to change each individual test. So, uh, but uh, it's it's just really sad for uh, that particular elementary school because they had been held up as this model and lauded for uh, kind of breaking expectations for a uh, an urban school with a lot of uh, minority students and non English speaking students, and to have this uh, thrown in their face. And even a lot of the teachers, it, the investigation showed, the majority of them had had no idea that this was going on, but. Um, I wonder if there were things that a lot of people had noticed and seen uh, as these amazing test scores were coming back that now they look back in retrospect and say that was a pretty obvious red flag. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting to, to think about. First of all, that someone was willing... Filling out those fucking bubble sheets is so obnoxious as it is, and then to go and do it. But, yeah, it is kind of sad because Beach Court Elementary, you could tell by listening to the kids and in interviews on television... These kids really believed in, in their principal and in their school. They had all the school spirit stuff that comes with doing well, but it was all fucking false. Sad. All right. Maybe, well, maybe not. Uh, maybe. You can still have spirit and cheat, you know? Yeah. doesn't negate the spirit, well, right? It's true. That's right. You, 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 you oh, have. But it's all based on a false premise. Yeah, I guess so. I think they should go back and, and uh, check out the physical fitness awards, too. I'm sure there were some presidentials that should have been like secretaries of state. Yes. <laughs> and some kids were doping, I'm sure. Yeah, right. You think that they put out bounties on other schools that were not cheating? And, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking NFL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take, them, uh, take them out. Uh, uh, Regional Transportation District, RTD, uh, is holding wireside telephone town hall meetings with district board members to talk about fast tracks. So what they're... D- They've decided, I don't know why they're doing this exactly. I don't know if they're just playing with new technology, but they're calling 450,000 people in the regional transportation district. They're using the tax dollars well. Using it very, very very well. That gets my my bus on time, I'm sure. Yeah, oh yeah, your bus shows up on time because they can call these people. So you call in and they're doing, I mean, it is kind of cool. I'm a tech guy, so I like this stuff. They call in, you listen in while your, your representative board member talks to you. And then they ask questions, and then you respond. You vote on certain things on your phone. On your phone, you push up. You push five if you're into whatever. Are you they just, entirely unaware of the internet? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what struck me because they call this a, a wireside town hall meeting, and I went and looked at it, and I'm like, this is just a conference call. The fucking eighties. So there's the nothing really new about that, and it's just. I mean, I think it's good that they're reaching out and they're finding ways because not everyone, actually most people, uh, do not want to go on their Friday or Saturday evenings or during the weekday to get to some public location and have to sit there in a, uh, and, and meet with people there. It's a lot easier to be able to voice your opinion. But uh, to say that this is uh, you know some breakthrough in technology uh Really isn't the case. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, and I, I gotta say, those meetings they really do suck. I, I fall asleep during conference calls, though. Uh, you well, they you can't do. Tell. You do other stuff during conference <laughs> yeah. calls. You roll around in your bed naked. You right. check on Facebook. You feed your kids. You do all sorts of other stuff. You're not really paying attention. But it, I, it's still got to be better than the meetings. I know I reported on uh, RTD for Fifty Two Eighty Magazine and. 
when I went to the meeting, it was just, it's God awful. It's just people complaining about their bus being late. Uh, Hundreds of oh, people really? <laughs> complaining about their bus being late whenever they really want to talk about some major issue. So It's kind of right. like being in Boulder and uh, Prairie Dogs. It's Boulder and Prairie Dogs. Well, I'm sure. I am absolutely certain that the Boulder Prairie Dog issue came up in these in these phone chats because that's one of the things that's held off the the US 36 corridor changes is the massive over budget uh, environmental impact statement that they did for Prairie Dogs. For Prairie Dogs. For yeah, little every weird. Do- every exit has Prairie Dogs. It up US 36, as well as I'm sure there are some rare bacteria that grows along every on-ramp, and they want to protect it. Yeah, I God mean, forbid we lose the bacteria. God forbid. Yeah. God bless them. <laughs> so uh, the uh, Colorado is the fittest state, uh, but a recent study has found that we have some of the fattest pets. Uh, with a, P- with yes. a pH, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're the fattest with a pH. God damn it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we are the we're the thinnest state as far as our humans, but we're in top five for the most obese You know pets. why that is? Why? Because they all eat whole foods. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> feeding their pets like straight up steak. Stay, if you just give them that like fish. bottom of the shelf straight up fiber cardboard food, mm. all they do is pass it and nothing gets absorbed and they stay skinny. Yeah, I, well, you got to wonder, like, how do they... I just want to know, how do they do this sort of study? I was thinking about this, and I'm like, how do you really... Vets. I, well, you survey uh, vets. Well, but yeah, but how many people actually take their pets consistently to the vet? My cat went to the vet for the first time in, like, seven or eight years uh, Fine, well, now your Fine, well, now your cat's weighed. So it's of all the people that... Most people take their what, animals minute, to the vet your, at some point. Is your cat overweight? Oh, yeah, he's fat. (laughs) (laughs) But I feed him the cardboard food, and we give him, like, two scoops a day, and that's it. That's all he gets. I don't know what he does. Are people who allow their pets to get uh, grossly overweight, are they more or less likely to take their animals to the vet? Well, I was a little embarrassed. I was concerned the pet was going to tell me he's diabetic. That's why we weren't taking him. (laughs) So I'll just confess right Just let him die. Let him have, like, seizures. He's happy. (laughs) He's content. Yeah. Just give him a shot in the morning. He's fine. Yeah, yeah give him a shot every day. Yeah. I, what's I, your What's your cat's name? I'm excited. Pe- to hear. Pecos, because he oh, was Pecos. found. He's a He's a shelter cat. He was found on Pecos Street. Okay. He had been hit by a car, and then they wired They wired his jaw shut when they first took him in. And uh, so he's eating for. He's been making up for it ever <laughs> since. Yes. I got a sneaky suspicion that a lot of the people, specifically in Denver, <clears throat> excuse me, are. Uh, are out busy working out, riding their bike, going to the mountains, and they don't really have time to walk their dog. Yeah, and that's, that's a, probably part that's of a, it. That's a great theory. I mean, yeah, how many people leave their dog at home because they're enjoying yeah, they're, their they're active so lifestyle? Healthy, they leave their dogs at home. Yeah, the dog gets neglected. Or the dogs are sitting on the patio for 12 hours. Oh, God. While they're working. Yeah, right. Well, we do have the furry scurry there in Washington Park, the 5K run where you bring your dog. I love the furry scurry. It's great. It's like every... Breed of dog. Sounds like a venereal disease. It totally does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you roll around in the grass after the I'm furry scurry itchy. at Wash Park, you're going to get one. Uh, okay. Uh, Hickenlooper signs the end hit and run loophole bill to protect cyclists. Very exciting. Uh, but he did it less uh, a week after a cyclist actually died from a hit and run. Hmm. Uh, there was a Iranian uh, DU student who was hit by uh, right at 
uh, Evans and University. That intersection is so fucking dangerous, awful. And uh, hit and run, uh, got him. And then a week later, Hickenlooper signed this bill. Um, is is this a good thing? I think it was a CIA hit. You think it was a professional hit? Yeah, he was getting Iranian he was getting what nuclear uh, science? Maybe. Yeah, you got to say it nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, nuclear. Probably not nuclear. nuclear. Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's I, I. I'm pretty excited to hear hear this happening because there there is actually there has been in the laws. What is it? You got to backtrack the, here a little bit. The loophole was that um, a. Uh, collisions with a bi- bicycle were not necessarily reportable by police. Uh, someone did not necessarily have to say. Because what, two bikes hitting? No, 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 no. A car, a, a hitting, car a bike. hitting a bike. Didn't need to be reported. Did not. That's ha- retarded. But because, I'm sorry to say because that. They're saying, because they're saying, because the loop, it just was the way the wording was. Right. Um, it was two motor vehicles coming in collision required a report. Okay. But Ron, I think there is there is something yeah, else correct, to do correct with that. Yeah, correct me, Jared. You're, it was you're our policy one. The fact that uh, a hit and run, uh, when if you do a hit and run and it causes serious injury to someone, the penalty for that wasn't as strong as if you were uh, convicted of drunk driving. Oh, see, so I it provided an incentive. If you're really wasted and really drunk, and you hit someone with your car, then you say, "Well, I'm going to go and." Uh, I don't know if this actually goes to people's heads, but it certainly is an incentive to say, I'm going to go and leave the scene, sober up, and then come back, and then they'll only be able to get me for the hit and run and not also for the drunk driving. So this mm. raises the the, le- the level of the felony for leaving the scene of a hit and run, or a, I guess that would be a hit and run if they, it causes serious bodily injury. But the thing that I wonder about is, like, even this case with this DU student who was hit by this guy who is, um, by reports, driving extremely recklessly, Beforehand, witnesses said, and then plowed into this uh, this poor DU student riding his bike there, going like sixty five miles an hour in his girlfriend's Cherokee. In his girlfriend's and Cherokee, his girlfriend's and then they, and then they eventually um, some of his some of his friends ratted him out uh, a few days later, and that's how they actually caught him. Would you know what is going through his mind? Is he actually just driving and he hits someone and he just takes off because he's intoxicated and he's not you know he's not going to be thinking clearly. He's not going to say, well, actually, what are you know, what is my best uh, course right now? Do I stay? And because the felony has been raised, I'm now going to, to stay and actually help this kid out, or am I just going to take off and will this... I think it's, it's good that they close this loophole. I think it makes sense. But how much will it actually affect the behavior of someone who is... If they're driving drunk anyway and hit somebody, will it actually, you know change any uh behavior patterns and no causing people to stay it's not gonna it's not gonna change a behavior pattern because the average citizen is not studying up on hit and run law because they're expecting to hit someone with their car and i mean you're gonna react however you're hey, gonna react some cyclists that i want to hit <laughs> seriously <laughs> really all right there we go we're gonna have to get into that okay, well, you run. We'll come, we're gonna have to come back to that i like this exciting uh the high park fire uh is going on for those of you who have been living in a cave and uh since we're talking bikes today uh the the hook here is that the ride of the rockies is being routed uh rerouted in a different direction uh to avoid the fire now brad uh, before we started the show today you said you have a little insider oh the the reason they're bypassing it is because uh, all the weed that's be- burning up in the mountains right now uh, yeah it's probably true that they're that there are massive uh Dude, my grows dying man massive yeah, uh, marijuana groves the finish line is still in the same place at hotels though 
the finish line is still in the same right. place, but they had to run it around because uh, either they're protecting folks from the fire or they're protecting folks from the free high. So there you right. go. Uh, Denver Public Works has announced a new bicycle pedestrian bridge at I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. You know right there where Dave and Buster's is? Yeah. That whole sketchy situation if you've ever been there on a bike <laughs> it is like you're on the interstate on your bicycle it's in a hairy. car it's hairy it's hairy in a car and it's it's way worse on a bike so i'm very excited also because this is my my end of town this is southeast so haha fuck you north denver yeah. uh we win again nobody's gonna walk across that thing like really. no no. no yeah well no one goes that, down there yeah so <laughs> no one's gonna i don't care <laughs> i will use biking, it yeah they drive i will i, <laughs> I, will drive, use I drive from the dsw to the the best buy yeah so like why why do i need a bridge <laughs> <laughs> that's the mentality yeah no I, i'm okay i'm i, I send I'm my helper it's all for yeah, me oh and my dog doesn't walk over to the pet smart that's right there too so your dog your dog is too busy eating bacon in right your, in, in the, the back, back of your seat. car perfect okay <laughs> all right well uh let's <laughs> that's that's about all the newsy bits we've got let's let's move on hey julian you want to try our new like background music you want to see what happens here let's we're trying new stuff all sorts of things so if you ever want to share a news story with us uh ran about something we said shower us with gifts of whiskey and gold doubloons please leave a comment on denverdryatribe.com like us on facebook or drop a line at 720-282-YELL that's 720-282-YELL this week's episode is brought to you by free speech tv and its internet radio project nfnradio.com and if you're a comedian filmmaker or just an aspiring star on youtube remember that june 25th is the deadline for laugh track comedy festival's submissions uh you can learn more about the submission process and the festival at laugh track comedyfest.com so uh we're gonna take a quick break here and uh we're gonna watch uh we're gonna play a song for you uh i was i was gonna play another song and then uh josh recommended this he he was he, you want to play it because it's ironic sammy yeah i think that this is a, a new single from a colorado band uh, carolina breathe uh, Car- breathe carolina breathe carolina and i and i think that it's a sound that no one would ever associate with colorado it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy it's about pot so that helps but i think i think it's funny i i enjoy it uh and it's party music so it goes well with the denver cruiser ride so here it is uh hit and run by breathe
All right, we're back. Again, that was Breathe Carolina with Hit and Run. Believe it or not, after watching that video shot in Vegas and with the name that has Carolina in it, they're actually a Colorado group. So, Oh, uh, we, we don't have now. We got Josh. Hey, welcome they, back. They sure are. They sure are crazy. They, there was a Broncos hat in, in featured in the video. That's their shout out to Colorado. Um, and, and then, of course, the hit and run connection as as Damon caught on to there. Very nice. He got on to. So okay, it, Brad, Damon. Hey, hey, welcome. Hey, what's up, Denver? Denver cruiser ride. So let's. I I don't even know how You're to. Not even supposed to talk about this. I don't I mean, even. The, is that rule number one? Yeah, it's rule number. Rule, one. rule, number, rule number two rule number is two. don't talk about the cruiser ride. I don't. I don't even know where to start because. Do you have to get permits for it? I mean, do you we, have to? You have to alert your route to the police. That's my first question. I guess. Uh, What's the relationship with the? Um, we have great relationships with the city, the police department. It's really been a really kind of. This is not a critical mass deal. This yeah, is a, right. This is really like how do we incorporate biking into a city that needs it more than any other city because we're now like number 16 sure for bikes friendly cities yeah well and we'll talk about that shortly here um yeah so i i'm having a hard time talking about it because i'm so i'm kind of in the culture i've i started doing the boulder cruiser ride a gazillion years ago and i did that for a long time that's where i first met brad i'm first when i first met brad he was at boulder outdoor cinema (laughs) he was hosting a showing uh, a screening of peewee's big adventure and he was dressed as peewee herman yeah i was the mc he was the mc and <laughs> he does a phenomenal peewee. Uh, the tequila dance was always the best one, and that night that you met me, it was a lot of tequila. Oh, there, yeah, there was like a gallon of margaritas involved in that <laughs> evening. Uh, it's phenomenal. So, and then uh, when you moved to now, tell me when you just moved to Denver and then decided you wanted to start the ride, yeah, or were was, you already well, in Denver? Well, the Boulder cops were really like the impetus for. They started busting the Boulder cruisers for everything. Sure, I remember, mean every remember those. That it was became four. It became an annual tradition with the Boulder cruiser ride that it would be lots of fun year round and then the summer critical mass would happen it would get bigger and bigger and when it hit about 900 people uh the police would shut it down yep it was bad so that kind of was the impetus to get out of boulder and then uh there wasn't an organized ride here so i'm like well i love riding bikes on wednesdays and drinking beer so that's kind of how that started and i know you were on some of the first rides yeah we, which it, were 13 people and i think last week we had a couple thousand so yeah yeah the, fir- the first rides were they'd start from paris on the plat and there'd be a handful of us just sitting around hanging out and then we'd ride for about six blocks and go to another bar and <laughs> ride for about six blocks the good go to old another days. bar has have the numbers leveled off or is it still growing it's new, new people all the time it's unbelievable yeah. turnover there's a big turnover, right? Yeah. Sure, I'm sure there are a lot of folks that they're they're one hit wonders where they show up, they do it one time because they've heard about it, and then they get hit and run, and then they get hit and run, yeah. or they they crash uh, on the circle of death. There and, are some of those, and then they never come back, or just you know it's something they're checking off a list, uh, their bucket list for Denver that they have to do. So top, top ten things to do visiting Denver. Denver. Yeah, it was it was number three. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the top top 10 things who, who compiled the list that was your favorite people over at visit denver yeah those yeah, right. i love those guys <coughs> that was amazing them. to get get number three on that list that, that's really great i didn't i didn't realize that you yeah. were on that list i haven't looked at it yet i did see that they posted it up uh they're trying to get attention from all the t-bexers that are coming in uh, the the travel blogging convention that's going on right now right. up in keystone they want folks to do stuff in denver i noticed a lot of posts on twitter about how wine coop is is the 
quintessential Denver place. If you had to go one place in Denver that represents all of Denver, that's what they were saying was wine coop. Huh. Remember when nobody wanted to be around that area? <laughs> <laughs> when nobody wanted to go to that neighborhood. Yeah. So since 2004, I mean, when it was that, it was very informal. There was no interaction with the police or the city at no. all. It was small. What has happened since then? What have you gone through to get this ride to where it is now, where there are several thousand people showing up at Civic Center Park after 9 p.m.? You know, that that's a long and complicated story. You know, it's probably started year three with a critical mass kind of battle that the Denver police had. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they came to me and said uh, it was dress night. So that was the theme of the cruiser ride. And, and I walked in and a... a Denver sergeant's there. He's like, are you the guy that runs this? I'm like, yep. He's like, well, we've been watching it. We've checked all your stuff out. And hey, thanks for trying to follow the rules. We really appreciate it. We don't want a repeat of what the incident that we've had with critical mass. Uh, So I'm going to give you my phone number. And if you give me your phone number, if we have a problem, you call me and I'll call you. And and I was in a red prom dress with a wig and lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) And that that really kind of started a, a a somewhat jovial relationship with the police. Yeah. They, they really saw us not as a threat or a, you know, I, I think some of the other rides, particularly uh, up in Boulder and some other ones, they don't want anything. They, it's kind of anarchist kind of based. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. And so nobody wants to take responsibility. So I stepped up and took the responsibility for it. And that really kind of, kind of cooled some jets in the city. And so that, that built that relationship. And then, uh, Carla Madison, uh, really helped us she was the council person at the time and she uh-huh. was really into bikes and so she set up a meeting with a uh district six police commander and that that started this whole kind of education campaign with the police department and community policing and trying to get everybody on the same page about bikes and that was that was probably the pivotal moment for this cruiser ride is that we were taking responsibility for our, our actions and trying to get our audience to self-police rather than having the cops having to deal with it so that's i mean this is really refreshing because here on this podcast we we are definitely prone to giving the denver police a very hard time uh, they're they're one of our favorite punching bags so it's interesting to hear them in this more positive light where they're doing I, something I, that's i've had nothing but positive like i i've high high praises for the the people that i've worked with in the denver police department it's hausner was my sergeant downtown sergeant for three years dynamite like it I couldn't ask for better relationships with the police department. And we, and, and you know, and I know from going on the ride, you rarely see them. Well, because they know, they kind of know what it is. They know what to, to anticipate. You know, it's, it's some people that may be running red lights once in a while or, you know, doing some, being in the park after hours. But for the most part, the Denver cops really have other shit to deal with. Yeah. I mean, drunk people at 2 a.m. on Market Street is one of my favorite comedy routines. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they don't. They do have a lot more to do. They they have other things to tend to, which maybe that maybe that's a benefit of it being in Denver versus being in Boulder. In Boulder, they were sending yeah. out bicycle cops on every ride. They, they've got to yeah, corral folks. They just uh, Chris Chris just told me that they you know they've got undercover cops on the ride now. So they look like you, and they're writing your tickets. You, for, you talk Chris Vinal, the yeah, yeah, the exactly. person, the unofficial, the unofficial organizer, the organizer of the Boulder, the non sponsored writer, writer, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's really fascinating. And then, so so Brad, I'm interested in that. What what do you think is the what accounts for the difference between the reaction between the Boulder Police and the Denver Police when it comes to the Denver Cruiser ride? Well, they still haven't solved the John Bonet crime, so they're still pissed about it. <laughs> Anything that they can do to like say that they're doing something is my experience. Um, you know, and again, I think it's you know. The cops don't want to deal with it. One of my favorite stories, Circle of Death last year, this group of meth heads were selling beer at the Circle of Death. So they had like six guys rocking around, hey, you want to buy some beer? In suitcases. 
And so I, I went to I, – there were some cops in the park. I'm like, hey, right. will you guys help me bust these guys? Like, we don't really want to go in there. Wait, I'm like, wait. well, I don't blame you either. But if I find him, will you come? So the guy gives me the cop gives me his cell phone number. I find kind of the hive of the sales, and the cops instead of, you know, being like this iron fisted approach, they said, hey, you can either give that beer away or we're going to take you to jail. And so, you know, eighteen cases of beer were given away for free. So it's really kind of that approach. You liberated of, the beer. I liberated the beer from the you know the the illegal sellers and That's gave amazing. it to the writers. So to me, it's like you know the police really took because we took a, a proactive approach. Yeah. Right. The cops took a, a – it's mutual respect. I think it, in the world, if you give mutual respect, you get it back. So uh, – and then uh, throughout the process of that evolution, things have also been changing for you. You've been you've been turning this into – I mean, it's sort of taken over your life, right? You used to be in real estate. We yep. talked this morning. You said yep. you, that's sort of – Still a realtor, but do it part-time. Um, yeah, I mean, bikes have taken over my life completely in, in ways that I never anticipated. I mean, I – I'm an unlikely advocate of bikes and bike safety. And Why do you say that? Dude, the first rise, that's the seed of all of this, is I like to ride bikes and drink beer. I mean, that was really kind of the seed of the idea. And yeah. so uh, apparently a lot of other people do as well. So we've just tried to make it a little more mainstream, a little safer, get people to aware of what they're doing and how to do it. Yeah, but – Okay, there's a different there's a there's a level between that and what you're doing where you you've started a magazine, you've got you've got products. You I've got a tape on the table here. We've got swag. Uh we've got license plates, we've got bells. Uh there's stuff that you do. I I presume I this is actually a big question that folks ask about what sort of financial relationship you have with the starting points. Uh, if there is any if they if they are sponsors of the ride or if uh, if they're just Random places that you pick because you think they're cool. You know, um, a, I've hear I've heard people ask this question sure. before. You know, it's a serial. I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I'm always trying new things. I think that's really the bottom line. So, how do you make? How do you build a culture like re- this year alone? Our permits, sixteen thousand dollars for the permits and portlets at the Circle of Death. So, and so, for, by the way, for folks that don't know, the Circle of Death is, is the rotunda, the Greek amphitheater, the Greek Civic amphitheater at Civic Center Park. Yeah. Everyone congregates there, and then they ride in a big crazy circle. So, and then you get bike salmon that yeah. are trying to hit you. So we've the always just tried to we've always tried to offset the cost. I mean, that's you know, so the relationships that we've built with, you know, from New Belgium to Noodles to uh, some of the bars. I mean, they they offset those costs. It's not like this is like a giant money making scheme. In fact, I paid eight thousand dollars for the toilets last year out of my pocket because that was the shortfall. Um, so, you know, in terms of, like, it being a cash machine, I, I only wish it were that with all the time that I spend on it. I sure. mean, you're, you're doing this volunteer, but you want it to make money someday. Right. Uh, so, you know. And what <laughs> I, Josh just snickers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, but, but really what my – I think what my intentions are with it is, like, how do you grow a bike culture? I mean, Denver really didn't have a, a really established bike culture when we started this, and now – the city uses this in their grant applications as this is part of our bike culture. And I think that's really why they've embraced it is because this is something that's not not mainstream, but it's also it's helping people get on bikes and ride the streets and be, feel safe. Right. And now, da- Damon, when I first met you, we were talking about this. I think the first time I met you was, it was several years ago, probably 2007, and we were at JR's which was one of the stops that particular night, and you were, like, in a rainbow feather boa, and you handed out a business card that said you're, like, the master of merriment or something (laughs) like that. I I was the manager of revelry at that time, 
uh, I've been promoted. Brad promoted me. I'm the master of reverie now. Ah, yes. Excellent. And, and it's always good to get into the theme, you know, get dressed up. And that was Rainbow Night. and Rainbows, uh, unicorn. No, that's, that's uh, ra- it. Was it was Rainbow just Night. Rainbow. Yeah. Just and, Rainbow uh, Night. You know, uh, it was appropriate to stop at JR's on Rainbow Night. That's just the way that, they hated that worked. It, yeah. Well, they that, hated yeah. People they were a little we're, scared. They, they thought we were making fun. They of thought them. Th- they thought we were mocking them. Well, so there there were it. there were some homophobic folks that were definitely <laughs> hanging out outside, <laughs> and they were a little intimidated by the whole situation. I know I had a friend on the ride with me. He was like, "I ain't going in there. Dudes are gonna be chucking me out." Like, come on, please. <laughs> Dude, you are you're in, not a, in a rainbow that. leotard. Come on, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the evolution of this ride and the growth of this ride, and, and I'm not a big political advocate, but the the mayor's office. A couple of years ago, uh, you know, under under Hicks' reign, wanted to make Denver a big bike town. He's, yes. he's one of the guys that promoted B cycles, put a lot of the the Shero uh, rides in on the street so you could ride safely on the street. And they were a big advocate of of what made the Denver Cruisers the largest weekly ride in in the United States. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I was I was there when he did, he made the speech and you could hear the crowd gasp because they weren't nobody was expecting it including his like policy wonks that were standing nearby when he said I want 15% of all traffic in Denver to be by bicycle uh, by 2015 and and you could hear people going <gasps> what? Really? Uh, it was it was really interesting to see that happen, and uh, yeah, I do think things are going that in that direction. It does seem like Denver is pushing itself towards being a more bicycle friendly place. Absolutely, and and when you have the mayor's office mm-hmm. in conjunction with a positive relationship with the police department, uh, this thing was was inevitable that it would would take off. Right, and and now how about uh, how's the change been to to Mayor Hancock? Have you do you ever actually have to interact with him? None, no, no interaction at all. I mean, it really, and even the police department's shaken up, so they've transferred all of our regular right. people off. But I mean, the police have been in this in Civic Center Park a couple of times, and they've been, hey, you guys are doing great. We have a uh, this past couple of weeks, we've had people uh, pissing and shitting on the museum grass. <laughs> okay. and so, Very interesting. Yes, uh, again, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, right? saw that on Facebook. So you know, I got a, a congratulatory call for calling them in advance because we had some problems last week because the portal lots got placed in the wrong places so we're just trying to work through some of those issues and and we've had lots of willing participants which is great and, and it's really hard to be angry at a mob of people dressed in pirate costumes <laughs> how would I mean, you guys uh, rate the hancock administration so far when it comes to bike advocacy and being open to these types of things and even keeping in place some of the policies that hickenlooper had I haven't seen any changes, but I also haven't seen any actions either, so I don't know. I, I, I can't really even comment on it because I haven't seen anything or heard anything. And I'm so they're happy. not hostile to it, but they're not uh, like, seemingly pushing it forward in any significant way? Not that I've seen. Yeah. It's kind of like a status quo, which is great. I mean, that, that's awesome. If you know, Sometimes that, that gives the advocates in town, Bike Denver, Bike Colorado, us you know, a little more liability to do stuff and try to like make things happen yeah right you you at least feel like you have the freedom to try new things yeah so now tell me about kickstand magazine it's it's been around for what four years now uh this is our third summer publishing we're on our producing our 10th issue right now um as with any new venture you know it costs a lot of money it takes a lot of work and you know uh, the bike industry is so hostile to cruiser bikes this kind of single speed 
thing because which, they're inexpensive. They're inexpensive, and, and they don't really make any money. And you know, yeah. although if they turn their thinking around about it, 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 this is the gateway drug for bikes. Like you get somebody on a three hundred dollar bike. We have countless stories of people over and over and over getting on a cruiser bike, and then now they've got fa- a mountain bike, a road bike, three cruiser bikes. I mean, uh, uh, hundreds of those stories, maybe thousands of those stories. So. Uh, we just think that there's a, a spot in the marketplace for how do we support this social ride kind of idea, and and it's happening everywhere. There, when we started the Denver Cruiser Ride, there were two rides in Colorado. Yeah. Now there's 22. Parker, what, we were in Pueblo last week. I mean, we've been. I'm I'm on tour this summer to go to all the rides in Colorado. Oh, interesting. Arvada has a cruiser ride. I mean, it's crazy, it's, and people have fun. Like it's it's like the old days on the cruiser ride in Arvada. It, they find all these goofy little bars to go to. The Tippers Inn. And it's a hoot. It's 25 or 30 people just having a great time together. And I think that's really – that's the the seed of all this is how do you get people together? We're, we're living in a world of kind of like electronic technology where everybody's separated and they're just talking to each other on Facebook and Twitter. The, these cruiser rides are great ways to kind of interact in a totally different way. Right, right, right. And then the the magazine has – you got picked up by REI, so congratulations Yeah, so we just – yeah, starting with issue 10. So our next issue will be in uh, Colorado, Montana, and Utah as a pilot program. Hopefully, you know, maybe by 2014 we'll be in all the <laughs> REIs. We're working on a couple other deals with some other big names that uh, I'll remain nameless. But hopefully kind of circulating this idea of how do you social ride versus – Everything else is geared towards athlete, athletics and sports and competition. competition. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be Lance Armstrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Now, for, for someone who has either heard of the ride or never heard of the ride and wants to try their very first time, what are, what are the – if you had to give three tips for having a, success, uh, a good night, um, cruiser bike, is it required? Uh, any bike. If you got a bike, right. I mean, B-Cycle's giving away free bikes for the month of June. So next Wednesday, if you want to get a, jump on a B-Cycle, they're free. Yeah, through Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo yeah, sponsoring Wells Fargo's, a yeah. tryout. Are you plugging for Wells Fargo? No, I wish. <laughs> uh, I'll be sending them an invoice after <laughs> yes. this. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, so you can try out the B-Cycle if you want. Uh, you can take any bike you want. There's there's none of the silly rules like Boulder has says no Lycra. But then they wear, wear Lycra in other forms. Right, yeah. Uh, 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 that's Boulder. Um, you know, I guess uh, <laughs> top three things, Damon. I mean, you know, ride safe. Bring your brain and a trash bag. I mean, don't leave your shit around. Yeah, pick up after yourself. It's unbelievable how dumb people are with garbage. I can't – it just baffles me. Now, how many many people stick around at the end of the ride after 11 p.m. when the park clears out? How many people stick around to clean up? You know, Point zero zero one yeah, percent. It's usually me and the cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, seriously, there's so many cockroaches. We, we have a park. we have a, a couple of dozen. Uh, I would say a good dozen very dedicated uh, folks. We call them the chain guard. They're out there trying to keep people aware of not running red lights, staying to the yes. right side of the road, and then they doing the right thing. And, and then, then they, they stay around and help. And they're they're just the core of of the Denver Cruiser folks. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. They're great peeps. And uh, and the starting points this year, what, which one's turning out to be your favorite this year? You know, I'm doing rotations on all of them, uh-huh. so I haven't been to all of them. Um, you know, my favorite, of course, is the bar that we have, which is the Wheel Club. Uh the gin mills, an old classic. I mean, they're all, everyone has their own characteristics, so it yeah. just it depends. Like, if you like the big ride, Brooklyn's is the place to go. Right. If you want a small, intimate ride, Jake's is the place to go. Yep. That's a much longer ride. Um, Highlands, we've been having some problems mostly because the Highland is like Boulder. <laughs> Brad, no, it's on the other side of the side of the highway. I twenty five. Brad is wearing a fuck Boulder T shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, um, 
So th- those are coming out uh, this in July. I've Thir- got a whole 30, series. Thirty fourteen is still cool. It's thirty fourteen. Twice it's, as many people. Yeah, last totally week. growing. And that's they've added another component to their bar called the Beetle Bar, which is all made out of beetle kill wood. So oh, I mean, it's just it's just kind of the dynamics. What we really try to do with those start bars is like, how do we kind of neighborhoodize this, right? So that we don't have eight thousand idiots riding together. We split them up a. And, and I don't mean idiots in a bad way. I mean no. it in a loving way. In a, um, in a mob. Mobs are idiots. Well, yeah, mobs become idiots. Uh, but again, we're trying to like, how do we get the culture of like responsible riding? Because we don't want that hit and run thing. I mean, my joke's about hitting a cyclist. I mean, so many cyclists have this attitude that they, they're entitled to be there rather than respect on the road. And that's that's my really like big message is like, this is our roads. This is for if you're choosing a bike or a car or a truck or whatever, you deserve to be there. But you shouldn't expect to be there. And the road is the road. By law, you have to be in the road. Take your place in traffic. If you're riding on the sidewalk, you are missing out. And also, you're going to get nailed. Yeah. Or you're going to nail somebody big, that's walking. Big, big crackdown on bikes. Yeah, bad, this bad the thing to do. So. Do we sound so serious about this? You, you know, this is actually kind of <laughs> this mean, is kind of awkward for me because I'm used to seeing you in some sort of yeah, you know, gar- I, I, garish costume. I got my he, pokey costume today. I he has pokey. he has a pokey, you know, Gumby's horse. He has a pokey head <laughs> it, sitting in the background here. Uh, yeah, see if you can put that on for the streamer video. This is okay. Now, can you do the rest of the interview in that helmet because that's actually more how I'm used to seeing yeah, you. Exactly. Pokey. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's I don't know. I'm I'm actually enjoying hearing the serious side of things because I know there's a lot of work that goes into this. We really take it seriously, but but at the same time, it's like how do you seriously have fun? I mean, those are those kind of combinations. <laughs> the video is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's beautiful. Okay. You know, in the end of uh, season f- 2007, I said to Brad, "This is this is crazy, man. I mean, I, we had last year we had less than 100 people. We've got." 600 people this year. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure I'm into this anymore. And, you know, this is all about my friends and hanging out with this group and everybody getting to know each other. And Brad said, if you cannot embrace change, you're going to have a really hard time with yeah. the Denver cruise ride. And I thought about it and I decided, what the hell else do I have to do on Wednesday night? Number one. Number two, let's make this more fun. Let's yeah. make this be what it is. I rarely don't have fun on the cruise ride. I mean, I have a great. I time. smile so much, especially when we go through the Hyatt, like uh, <laughs> waiting area. They hate that, but that's one of my favorite things. that brings joy to me every Wednesday. So, but let's. All right. Well, let's let's move on. We'll we'll post up some links to the Denver Cruiser ride. Uh, definitely invite folks out to it. Uh, let's talk about this situation. Uh, the bike league. Uh, a national organization they go through ranking uh states according to their bike friendliness and this year colorado has moved up significantly but only up to fourth place uh and that's that's fourth place behind some very unlikely uh places uh namely washington minnesota and massachusetts why first of all why why do you think i it's just this blows my mind why is colorado not the most bike friendly state in the united states well if you think about the municipalities that are probably representing colorado for bikes it's denver and boulder okay. maybe, maybe colorado springs secondarily and fort, fort collins, collins. Um, fort collins but but the rest of the state you know do you think in alamosa they're riding bikes do you think really like in uh 
Buena Vista does have a cruiser ride. Um, you know, I'm just think. I, I guess it's probably this. Probably the size of the state. How do? How, what are their parameters of deciding what's the most friendly? The, the criteria they follow through legislation and enforcement, which we get uh, a four out of five. Uh, they they do policies and programs. We get out a four out of five. Infrastructure and funding. They only give us a three out of five. Uh, education and encouragement, we get a five, a five out of five. That's our top score. And then evaluation and planning, they give us a two out of five. Oh, see, now Denver is super advanced. They, the Denver Moves came out last year, so it's kind okay. of like this public input process. If you think about how, how bike infrastructure has really grown, it's mostly been people's pet projects or neighborhoods' pet projects. So imagine Spear Boulevard just dead-ending one day at Cherry Creek. It just stopped there. No, for no no reason. Well, that's how our bike infrastructure is, and particularly sure. in Denver. And so, this Denver Moves program uh, put, that Emily Snyder works on is is really kind of like how do we connect all the facilities? And so, I mean, it probably is a two because it's all these disparate like, well, we got a bike lane here, we got a bike path here, and none of them are really connected. So, I would say maybe go forward four years, Denver will really have a connected facilities, and that uh-huh. that score will go up, but. You know, Boulder's really advanced. I mean, I think you, us being from Boulder, you could say we're kind of spoiled with, like, what bike infrastructure could be. Yeah, right. I don't think anybody else in the state's practicing that. Yeah. Well, the way the way I look at it, it was when I look at this map that's up there at bikeleak.org, like this national map, and it has all the uh, states, and they have different color coding. I'm actually surprised that Colorado does as well as it does because all the other states that have the highest rankings, they're mostly on the coast, right? So they're these older cities that have, you know, developed in a, in a different era and they actually have that type of, uh, that type of infrastructure already, already there. It already existed in terms of a, you know, more compressed urban place where, you know, that that's already more inherently bikeable. Colorado, I mean, you have Denver, which has that infrastructure, but once you get outside of Denver, you know, you're surrounded by gargantuan uh, big box suburbs with huge collector roads where, you know, there's not, it's, it's very difficult to build in that type of infrastructure to make it good for bikes. So I'm actually, you know, I think that's pretty amazing that Colorado could even get up there that high, despite it being kind of like set back already in terms of its architecture of its cities. Right. Well, we have we have moved up in their ranking anyway, up from twelve to four, from twelfth place to fourth place, That's and we beat good. Oregon, which you know, that. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy yeah. with that. Uh, I'm but happy bi- that but Bicycling being. Magazine came out with their like top fifty bike cities, uh-huh. and Denver was backwards. They were, I think, maybe ten last year, and I think they were fifteen or sixteen this year. So, I mean the. Uh, all these studies, it's really kind of up to us. Like, what do we want? What are we demanding? Is a pedestrian bike bridge over I-25 going to help people ride bikes more? Or, you know, what's what's the real impetus for, for change? And it's, it's, A, showing people that it's safe. I, and I think that's something that, for me, as a, the Denver Cruiser guy, that's getting people out, out on bikes in a, in a fun way rather than with an iron fist. I think that's, to me, advocacy is like that's – that's a big disaster with that because oh, you need to do this because it's good for the environment. Well, is it fun? And do you want to do it? Yeah. So we get we're gonna okay. We got to wrap up. Get the wave. I got the wave from Julian Taskmaster over here. How fine. Okay. All right. Well, this I I'm, I enjoy this conversation very much. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to love and hate. Um, I let's let's uh, start with Josh, please. You got anything? Yeah, I have, a, I have a personal hate this week. Whoever lives on the top floor of my apartment complex is a shitty dog owner. 
Okay, go on. And the dog's not fat, as we discussed earlier, but um, they clearly work long hours or gone long hours and don't take the dog out. And the poor thing is barking, 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 barking. Is it a non-stop. fat dog? Stop. It's not fat. No. Not fat. But now that it's summer, it like intentionally barks out the window. <laughs> oh. And, and echoes echoes down the street. And and I know the dog because I see them walking the dog when they do walk the dog. It's probably like once a day and late. And the poor thing is, I don't blame the dog. Oh. It's annoying as hell to have this dog barking nonstop. I work from home and I sit at my window. Yeah, my in. our our next door neighbors have a dog named Charlie that he barks incessantly when they're gone they got to make arrangements they got to like get somebody to come over midday and walk it or something you know yeah right okay uh jared do you do you have a love or hate for us yes uh i want to i loved last week's episode with uh porn star sabrina lee and the conversation that accompanied it but i was amazed that we had a porn star on our show who was defending representative doug lamborn's recent <laughs> uh recent antics there in washington where he uh, tr- tried to uh, open an investigation or at least prevented a photograph that was as part of a environmental uh, a hearing from being uh, submitted because it was uh, child sort pornography of or suspected porn. child pornography. And so, so Sabina was essentially defending this action. Uh, and I, I suppose I was trying to think about why that type of uh, why why she had that type of reaction. I think it's partly because as a adult performer, she has to be uh, super vigilant about certain things like child pornography and drawing lines between that. But her faulty logic was, in many ways, what a lot of people do when they conflate uh, child pornography with pictures of children. So they're not one in the same. You can have a picture of a child who's naked and it not be child pornography. And if anyone was to see this photo, you look at it, it's a child bathing in incredibly filthy water that these people are meant to uh, are forced to use there in West Virginia. And no one would look at that and think that that is child pornography. And that's actually pretty much like the legal definition. You know child pornography when you see it. This was taken by a uh, award-winning photojournalist and to all of a sudden say that you know the, Doug Lamborn's actions were justified is uh, is pretty silly because ultimately the reason why we ban child pornography is not just because it's naked of or it's pictures of naked children it's because it creates a marketplace and an economy for pictures of naked children which leads to the exploitation of children not uh, photos that are meant to bring attention to big environmental issues so I just want to you know I loved Sabina on there but I really hated her uh, faulty logic on that <laughs> Josh you have something to say about I that I don't I don't I, I just was going to play devil's advocate and but I think you made the point yeah. in, in that um, I, I think I think part of her point was that it was exploitative of the kids that using kids for political purposes can be exploitative that they're, the kids aren't making the decision and yeah, well, yeah. And, and and since then, I, I noticed that the photojournalist has removed the photo and put a little comment in saying that the family asked it to be removed. So, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, but this this gets back to a lot of people have compared it to the photograph of the um, the girl in Vietnam from that era that right. brought so much attention to that war because it was such a shocking, awful documentation of what was really happening. Sure. And if we were to sort of transplant that photo to today, would we? You know, not be putting it in our papers. Would we not be? Would be? We be prevented from actually talking about or viewing this picture because we're afraid that it's child pornography? Of course, it's not child pornography. Right. And and that's where we. Uh, 
and, and it's not necessarily utilized for political purposes. I mean, she was there documenting what these people actually see live through every single day. Right. And she made well, a comment, oh, why do, what, they could have put a bathing suit on her. Who the fuck puts a bathing suit on their kid <laughs> when they're bathing them in their home? You know, that wouldn't make any sense. You're documenting these real people's lives as a photojournalist. Wait, you take dude, who are you hating on? Yeah, <laughs> who are you hating on? Our guests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, let's, all right, let's move on. We got we to wrap up. Damon, you got to love or hate for uh, us? I'll go real quick. I'm not a big hate guy, but I am a little bit... Uh, Displeased with the. Oh. <laughs> wow, we pissed off Jared. Oh, we hung him up. All right. All right. Well, I'm not displeased about that, but I am dis- displeased that uh, that there are people on the Denver cruise ride, since that's what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. That are watering and uh, fertilizing the lawn over at the museum. Oh God, stop pooping on the grass. Yeah, find the porta potty, will you? And far as love goes, I-, I love the ride. It's a great concept. Come and join us. It's awesome. All right. Oh, very nicely done. Yeah, and Brad, you you got a love or hate for us? You know, just uh, be respectful on the road. That's what this is all about. And 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 we we have an opportunity to change the culture. So I love that opportunity. Okay, I'm gonna very quickly love uh, next. Uh, June 27th is Bike to Work Day, and uh, there's going to be lots of stations all around the town where you can get free breakfast and bagels and whatnot. Uh, but I want to particularly love on Cactus Advertising because they're going to have a bash at 5 p.m. on June 27th where you get free food and beer uh, to celebrate. So go check that out. They're, they're a neat organization, and this is a great bash for bikes on June 27th. Well, all right. Uh, Julian, unless you're going to give us something, uh, no, you good. I love um, my girlfriend. That my girlfriend and <laughs> my babies. Public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all the love and hate we have for this week. If you'd like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a brief message at seven two zero two eight two yell. That's seven two zero two eight two nine three five five. Our theme music is by the band Houses, and our web hosting is provided by BlueChannel.com. We broadcast live every Friday morning at nine a.m. on NFNRadio.com, and you can always listen to episodes on demand by subscribing to our podcast. For more information, check out our website DenverDiatribe.com or search for Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. Be sure to check out the Denver Cruiser Ride at denvercruiserride.com. I'm Ron Doyle. On behalf of Josh, Jared, Damon, Brad, Julian, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>